Now, as we begin today and continue on in this series that we're in, let me tell you a little bit about me and a little bit about my personality. So I have a background in psychology and counseling, and I love to kind of study people, watch people, and kind of figure out what makes people tick. Like I can sit in a mall for hours and just watch people and just be amazed at how people move and what they do and why they do what they do. Anybody else like to do that? Anybody like to people watch? It's kind of fun. Uh, so one of the things that I have been involved in for an extended period of time is giving and taking personality tests, psychological tests. And my poor wife, when I was working on my graduate degree, I gave her every psychological test that there was until the point that she said, not again, I'm not taking any more. Uh, so I started taking more of them so she could analyze me. So it, it's been a, a, a really cool thing to learn about myself and learn about other people. And one personality test that I took recently described my personality type as an achiever. And it said that, that you like to wake up in the morning and you have a list and you want to accomplish things throughout your day. And as I was reading through that, I thought, you know what, that really identifies me. I mean, I do. I wake up in the morning, yesterday morning, Saturday, I had a list of projects that I wanted to accomplish. And if I accomplish my projects throughout the day, I feel great. If I do more than is on my list, I feel exceptionally great. If I don't hit what I put on my list, I'm a little frustrated. But if I accomplish something that wasn't on my list, I feel really good and I put it on my list and then I mark it, mark it off so that I know that I, I really did accomplish something that day. Now, in addition to wanting to accomplish, I want to succeed and I want to win. And for me, everything is a competition. I, I can turn anything into a competition. And uh, I just, I love competition. And I think if we're not competing at whatever we're doing, why are we doing it? Like it's, it's a waste of time if we're not competing. So a few years ago, I was working with our uh, partner, Grace Community Food Pantry on one of our 3G Sunday projects. And we had a big group of people there. We were breaking down these big bags of carrots into smaller bags so that they could be handed out to families that were coming through. Now you can imagine looking at pallets full of carrots and, and us thinking, uh, how much fun is this going to be for the next few hours? So I broke our, our group into teams and I decided let's have a competition to see who could break down the most carrots in the quickest amount of time. And I said, go. And everybody said, what in the world are you doing? And I, I, why would I do that? Because I think competition is fantastic. I think competition makes life more exciting. Anybody else like competition? Yeah. Anybody besides me? Okay. Thank you. Every, uh, everybody else, we're competing against you. And right now we're winning. Okay. We feel good about that. <laughs> Uh, you might not know, there's also another competition happening right now. It's between my right side of the audience, my left side of the audience, and our folks watching us online. And the competition is, who will laugh at more of my jokes? <laughs> and if you win, you get some bragging rights, and those are pretty cool bragging rights. So I hope you'll engage the fun as we keep going along. All right, now, here's something else about my personality that's uh, a little embarrassing. That personality test that I took uh, labels me as an achiever. And again, it says, I'm motivated to do this hard work and to succeed and achieve and compete because I have image issues. Now we all know I have issues, right? I, 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 did, it, I did it, thank you for laughing. This side's winning right now. <laughs> Left side's going, way to go. So back in August, I did a series 
called issues. And I talked all about my issues. So we know that, that I do have issues, but this test suggests that I try to impress people with my efforts and that I want them to think that I'm successful, even though I may not be successful or I may, I may not feel like I'm successful. It also suggests that my efforts to succeed and impress people are an attempt to cover up my insecurities and the feelings of failure that I have on a regular basis. So when I read that, I thought this is the stupidest test ever. Like who thought this test up? I don't have image issues. And then through God and some friends that were close to me, they started helping me see that I have some image issues, that there are moments that I work harder to impress people than I do to please God. And like I said, uh, in that series in August, until we admit our issues, we can't deal with our issues. So I am working on admitting some of the image issues that I have in my life. Now, for those of you who are thinking, big deal, like I don't wanna hear about you, I'd like to hear a little bit more about the Bible. Um, Let me tell you why I tell you all that stuff. I tell you that because we are in this series called Walk With Jesus. And what we're doing in this series is we're walking with Jesus from the start of his ministry all the way up to the start of the New Testament church. And we're trying to learn in this series, what does it mean for us to follow Jesus? What does it mean for us to be his disciples and live like him? The Bible says in Philippians 2.5 and and 1 John 2.6 that we should uh, think like Jesus and live like Jesus. We should think like Jesus and act like Jesus. So that's what we're trying to do in this series is learn how to do that. And the really cool thing about this series and about uh, what it means for us to think and act like Jesus is God has provided all kinds of information in scripture about that. So if you're a Christ follower in this series, you'll be able to evaluate how you're doing at following Jesus. If you aren't a Christ follower, I challenged you at the beginning of this series to keep coming all the way up till Easter because over those 12 weeks, you could have a real great opportunity to see what it means to be a follower of Jesus and for yourself to decide whether you think that is something that you want for yourself or not. I think it would benefit you for today and for all of eternity, but you've gotta make that decision on your own. So I think what we're gonna do in this series can help all of us, but when it comes to achievement and success, Jesus thought very differently than than we do, and he lived very differently than we do. So he accomplished more in three and a half years than any of us will accomplish in our entire lives, but he defined success very differently. We understand that from a historian and a doctor named Luke in the book of Luke. So he captured Jesus' definition of success for us in Luke chapter 22. So before we dive into that, let me set the scene for you. This was the moment that Jesus gathered his disciples together for the Last Supper. This is when he instituted communion. So at that event, he gathers his disciples together. Uh, There was not someone there to wash their feet, which was a custom in, in that culture. So Jesus did that. Uh, He put a towel around his waist. He he knelt down. He washed each of his disciples' feet. He challenged them to follow his example and serve other people. Then he told them one of them would betray him and he would be crucified. And Jesus' disciples all asked him, Lord, is it me? Is it me? Like, I can't imagine that it would be me, but Lord, who is it? So you can imagine that, that that experience there was kind of a somber moment 
for Jesus' disciples. But then listen to what Jesus' disciples did right after that. In verse 24, it says, then they, meaning Jesus' disciples, began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. So again, get the scene. Very sad. They're watching Jesus serve when they weren't willing to serve. Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me, and then I'm going to die in a short amount of time. So sad, somber moment. Transitioned into who's going to be the greatest? And an argument breaks out among the disciples. And I can hear Peter saying, well, I'm going to be the greatest because I walked on water. And I'm sure they said, well, we only walked on water for like three steps, Peter. And then you fell in. Jesus had to save you. So you know, big deal for you. Andrew probably said, you know, I helped feed 5,000 people. And John probably said, you know what? Jesus loves me the most. It's actually recorded in my book. If you actually look at that, I said that. So again, they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And, and I, as I read that, I think, what a bunch of boneheads. Like, do they not get the idea of the moment? Do they not understand what's happening right here? And then I realize, you know, I'm a bonehead because I do that. You know, if I were there, I, you know, I could easily be wrapped up in my accomplishments, in my image management, and trying to hide behind what I think is success and, and turning following Jesus into a competition. I can do that. I think a lot of us can do that. So listen to how Jesus responded to their argument about who was going to be the greatest. In verse 25, he said, In this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? It's the one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as one who serves. Now, when I first read something like that, I, I think, Jesus, you obviously don't know the American culture, because that's not how the American culture works. Like, we all want to succeed. We all want to win. We all hide behind our image, and we want to uh, have servants. We don't want to be servants. But again, Jesus thinks very differently about success. And he says, if you're going to be my follower, you need to humble yourself and learn how to serve other people, not just occasionally, but it needs to be a lifestyle thing for you. So if you are a follower of Jesus, let me ask this. Do you really believe that? Do you believe that following Jesus means you need to humble yourself and learn how to serve as many people as possible with the time that you have remaining in your life. Do you really believe that? And I don't mean, do you believe it here? A lot of us believe it here. I mean, do you believe it here? And do you believe it here? Does your life prove that you understand that serving is the greatest thing that Jesus thinks that we can do? Like, does your life prove that? Now listen to this really sobering thing that the Apostle Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. He says, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil that we have done in this earthly body. So Jesus will judge us based on God's definition of success, not ours. We'll be judged based on how much we live like Jesus, we love like Jesus, we serve like Jesus. And since that's true, 
I and many of us have been using the wrong definition of success. We've been climbing the wrong ladder. We've been climbing the ladder of earthly success and recognition, but those aren't the things that we're gonna be judged on for all of eternity. So again, Jesus told his disciples, and I think he's telling us today that if you're really gonna be my disciples, you will serve others. So here's what that means. If you're a boss, that means you will serve your employees. If you're an employee, that means you will serve your boss and you will serve your customers. If you're married, that means you will serve your spouse. If you're a parent, that means you will serve your kids. If you're a kid, that means you will serve your parents. If you're a neighbor, that means you will serve other neighbors. Again, Jesus said serving is the key to greatness in God's eyes. And serving is God's definition of what it means to succeed. Now, let me make a few things clear about that. Serving doesn't get us a relationship with God and serving doesn't get us eternal life. Uh, we do those things because we have a relationship with God. So first, we have to start a relationship with God through Jesus by putting our faith and trust in him as our Lord and Savior based on what he has done on the cross for us. We count on what Jesus has done for us, period, nothing more. If we count on something more, Jesus plus my serving, we're not gonna get there. It's Jesus, period. Then after Jesus, period, then we learn to live like Jesus because of our relationship with him and because of the example that he led for us. So if you are a Christ follower, are you ready for Jesus to judge how well you're serving? Are you ready for that? Some of you are because I've served with you been an honor to serve next to some of you. You serve with such humility. You challenge me often when I serve with you. You know, how I would answer that question is I'm not quite ready to stand before Jesus to be judged based upon how well I serve because sometimes I don't serve enough. Other times I don't serve the way that I should. And there are too many moments I serve with the wrong motives. So I'm not like fully prepared right now for that. But again, I think we need to be prepared because one day we'll stand before God, we'll give an account for how well we've lived by God's definition of success, not our own. I don't tell you that to make you feel guilty. I don't tell you that to manipulate you in any way. I just tell all of us this because we need to adjust our definition of success. We'll be measured by God's definition of success for all of eternity. And we're measuring ourselves right now by a definition of success that will end when our lives are over. Here's my challenge. Find a way to serve and make it a lifestyle thing, not an occasional thing. Like look for opportunities to serve all the time. You have opportunities to serve with your family. You have opportunities to serve with friends or neighbors or coworkers. You have opportunities to serve with people who don't like you. Doesn't that sound fun? You have opportunities to serve people you don't like. You have opportunities to serve everywhere. There's probably opportunities to serve this morning as you look around. You might have an opportunity to serve somebody here today. So I challenge you to find a way to serve and serve by Jesus' definition, not our world's definition. One of the places that I think God wants all of his followers to serve through is through the local church. The reality is Jesus is 
the hope of the world. And Jesus has entrusted local churches with that message that can transform the world. So local gatherings of Christ followers, also known as churches, have been entrusted with the the task of transforming their community with the message that God is for them by how we serve them. So we are tasked with this incredible mission to transform Flagler County and beyond by letting people know that God loves them and they need a personal relationship with him. And they don't need to just hear that message, they need to see that message and how we live and how we serve and how we love and how we treat each other and how we treat people around us. So again, I think the local church is one of the places that God wants us to funnel our serving efforts. Now, serving is a big deal to us here at Epic because it's a big deal to God. It's actually one of our values. And it's why we do things like 3G Saturday and 3G Sunday, where we, where we send hundreds of us into the community to serve our community through all kinds of projects. That's why we started an adopt-a-school program called Faith for Flagler Schools, where we have recruited local churches to partner with our public schools and let them know that God is for them. And we're going to serve them as many ways as possible. That's why we have served here at Buddy Taylor Middle School. We have been at this school for 10 years. And we have served regularly. We have done school beautifications. We have have done teacher appreciation events. This past school year, when it began, we joined in and we helped them with their new uh, car rider line. They had a new car rider line that was gonna be a little bit confusing for the parents that were dropping their kids off. So we jumped in to help. Why? Because we want the staff at Buddy Taylor Middle School to know that God is for them and we wanna serve them in that way. That's why we started a care and counseling ministry so we could meet the real physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual needs of people in our community. That's why we have an amazing children and and student ministries that serve children and students. That guy is actually the leader of our student ministry right there. And we're so grateful for, for him and all that he does. But so we bring on high energy, excited people like that to serve our children and students at very age-appropriate levels in age-appropriate times when they desperately need extra help. That's why we have a connections team that works hard to engage new people who come in and help them connect with our God and take a next step with them. That's why we, we want everybody to be in a community group so that you can be served and that you can learn how to serve other people. That's why we go on national and international mission trips. The whole purpose of those trips is to go and serve, to go and give out of what God has given us. Again, serving is a really big deal to us at Epic because it is a big deal to God. Now, if you feel like I'm trying to guilt you into serving at Epic, I'm not. I'm trying to help us live by God's definition of success Because again, one day scripture's clear. We'll sit down and have a conversation with God about how we served. And I think a conversation about the local church, what's called in the Bible as the bride of Christ. I think we'll have a conversation with God about our involvement there. So I encourage you to find a place to serve at Epic. If you call this your church home. If you're new to Epic and you think like, I don't know that I can listen to a bald guy talk about his personality issues all the time. Like I get it. Like there's a great church in our community for you. There really is. But wherever you you land, plug in and serve through that church. Help that church accomplish the mission that God has given them. We've got all kinds of people in our community who desperately need to know about Jesus and you can help that church. So if you feel like I'm trying to guilt you into this or make you uh, feel manipulated, 
serve somewhere else. Like, I don't want anybody to feel guilty or manipulated when you serve here. Again, I think serving through a local church is one of the things that God wants for all of us. One of the greatest things we can do as we partner with God to fulfill the mission that God has given us. Now, on your seats is a serving opportunity card. One side, it says, get involved. On the other side, it says serving opportunities. So I just ask you to grab that and look at that for a moment. I know it's a little dark out there. Um, If you're watching online, there's a link in the comment section that you can click and check that out. So on our serving opportunities, we have some amazing opportunities. We've got opportunities in our, our children's teams. We've got opportunities in our connections team, our prep team, our media team, our student teams, our production team, our, our parking team. There you go, there you go. There's, we're gonna get a little bit challenged. Our worship team. All right, all right, one worship team member there. So sometimes people ask me like, hey, where's the greatest need to, to serve in your church? Say everywhere. The pick a ministry. Every ministry has needs. Here's a really cool thing. We have about 250 active volunteers in our church. When I talk to some of our, my pastor friends, uh, it's worth celebrating. When I talk to some of my pastor friends, they're like, you gotta be kidding me. How do you do that? Like, I don't know, that's God work. And, and we talk about serving all the time. Maybe that's, that's how that works. Um, but it's not that we're like desperate for more volunteers. Like we need more because God has a big vision for us. But there's a spot in, in the machine of Epic of what God is doing in the family of Epic that's kind of empty because you're not in it. Because the giftedness and talents that God has given you are not being used right now in the context of a local church. You may be using them in a lot of ways, and I'm sure you are. But if you're not using them in the context of a local church, uh, we're, we're suffering because of that. And we need you to be a part of what we're doing here. So again, I challenge you to find a place to serve. And then I encourage you to circle a place. Like if you're interested in a spot, just circle a spot that you're interested in. And then I encourage you to fill out the information on the back of this card, your name, your phone number, your email, and then turn it in at our get involved table. So as you walk out in the lobby, there's a get involved table straight across the lobby. I encourage you to walk over there and have a conversation with one of our staff members, one of our volunteers about how you could get involved and then just hand this card to them. And somebody will call you about that. If you don't get an opportunity to have a conversation with somebody, somebody will follow up with you and find a way to get you active in serving. Again, if you're watching online, there's a link in the chat section. And if you live local, that'll help you find a way to serve here. Now, if you are new to us and you're like, I'm brand new, like I'm not sure I wanna serve yet, then I encourage you to come to Intro to Epic that Sarah talked about in the announcements. That's next Sunday, 1030. That's an opportunity for you to hear more about the history, the vision, the values of our church. We'd love to meet you and answer any questions that you might have about our church. Okay, I'm gonna close in prayer in just a minute. And after I pray, you're gonna get to hear from one of our church members and how serving has transformed her life and how serving has transformed her family. But before I pray, before we watch that, listen to what Jesus said again in Luke 22. He told his disciples and he's telling us, in this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, not amongst my followers, for I am among you as one who serves. So let's pray together. 
Lord, I, I just thank you for revealing to me, and I think revealing to a lot of us, that we have the wrong definition of success. We just view success the wrong way. Lord, I and many of us make it about our accomplishments. We make it about the letters behind our name. We, we make it about the money that's in our bank account. We make it about the cars that we drive, the homes that we live in. Uh, we make it about us and not about you. And I'm grateful that, that you, Jesus, come along and you teach us that, no, you have a different definition of success, one that we'll be measured by for all of eternity. I thank you for telling us what that definition is so that we can be prepared for that day. So Lord, all of us need to adjust our definition of what it means to be successful and to achieve in this world. And as your followers, we really need to examine, are we operating by your definition? Are we humbling ourselves? And are we looking for opportunities to serve everyone everywhere? Have we made it a lifestyle thing, not an occasional thing? So Lord, I pray for myself that I would continue to learn how to make that a lifestyle thing. I pray for our church family as well. And Lord, I pray for uh, those of us that are serving here at Epic. Lord, that you'd help us to be reminded of, of why it's so important for us to serve through a local church. And Lord, I pray for those who may not be serving yet to either find a church home to serve in or find a place here to serve because the local church is the group that you've entrusted with this message that can transform the world of your love. And our world doesn't need to just hear that message, they need to see it in how we live. So God, show us how to get connected. Show us how to serve like you did. In Jesus' name.